0: to Sega Saturn Shiro the only podcast that will leave you with a horrible Halloween the only podcast that talks about games so bad they're scary Ooh, I like that that's way better than my My, that was that like my thing is garbage compared to whatever you just said (laughs) so these Shiros are Nick Ben Peter Dave K and myself As always, let's start off with those personal updates. Nick, did you want to start us off?
1: Sure thing, yeah. Not a lot in the way of updates, just uh, been generally busy with work and stuff. Uh, Still editing the SimCity 2000 review, That's coming along nicely, and uh, been messing around with this PC pad built for me on a a good deal. Uh, Got 20XX, the Melee mod, up and running, so...
0: Uh, Ooh, somebody's asking to get Dungeon and Smash. I
1: sure am, I sure am. I gotta get Slippy installed, and then I'll finally be able to do that. And then, of course, uh, burning some delightful Saturn games for me to edit reviews of with it. And, uh, yeah, Premiere runs like a, like a dream on it, and pretty much every PC game I've played on it so far, like the new Darius game, which I'm finally able to play at home. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all running great, so that's pretty much it. November's gonna be... Uh, not a fun time for me, and then after that, things will be fine. So,
0: huh, weird. I wonder why November specifically. Yeah, <laughs> strange, strange coincidence. I wonder Wonder what's going on in November. Me too, me too. Anyways, Ben, did you want to tell us what you've been up to?
2: Uh, yeah, so, um, I've just picked up a few games. Uh, one of them is the uh, shmup collection for the uh, Nintendo Switch, and um, definitely looking forward to playing that because I, I do like my shoot 'em ups. Is that that Psycho one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is the Psycho one. Um, Aside from that, uh, the girlfriend wanted a new method of working out uh, because she didn't like working out in the gym and, you know, with all of us in the COVID situation. Well, the idea we came up with was uh, Just Dance 2020. And uh, so what we're doing is we basically do little dance battles. Each person picks the uh, next song that you have to dance to. So that's basically what's been going on. I've had a lot of work happening on my side of the fence, so I haven't really been able to play any of these games that I've been picking up. Um, And uh, But yeah, I got a a stack of them ready to go whenever I've got some free time.
0: All right. Uh, Peter, did you want to tell us what you've been up to?
3: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So not not too much new on my side of uh, the border, but uh, I have ordered a region-free BIOS chips that I'm going to try to install onto one of my Saturns. And the reason that I uh, bought that, obviously for the convenience of being able to play any region game on my uh, North American unit, but I also want to see if I can convince or coerce uh, some talented coder out there to see if they can... Maybe work with me to hack that BIOS even more. I want to see if we can add native support to, to the parallel uh, port devices. So we'll see how that comes in. And then the other thing I want to mention real quick is I ended up picking up a copy of Sega Rally that is in the very short uh, standard jewel case. And those are not very common at all. In fact, I'm trying to think of how these discs were released in the standard jewel cases, and the only thing I can think of is that they actually were uh, released as part of the Netlink Saturn unit, but I'm not sure. If... Is it, though? Because it, you would think that that would be the Netlink edition of Sega Rally. Oh, that it's just a regular the-
4: Sega Rally?
5: It was a pack-in, from my understanding. I own two uh, of them. One sealed okay. and one opened. Gotcha, gotcha.
3: Yeah, so so it came in and it. I mean, it looks just like the. You know, there's no difference as far as I know, code-wise, and it even has the same uh, serial code as the regular version. But the it just comes in a standard little jewel case with a with a red spine, and um, I saw it and I just had to pick it up because it's obviously far less common than the regular standard. Uh, size uh, long box, the silver long box. So that's really about it for me. So I'm excited to get that BIOS chip in and see if I can swap it out with the one that I've currently got in there and then also the uh, Sega Rally pickup. That's Uh, about it for me.
0: Are you going to do that BIOS swap yourself?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to try. So I've never really done any modifications of that nature, but uh, I'm going to see if I can give it a shot. What could possibly go wrong?
2: Uh, It's not too bad. I think you'll be all right with it.
3: Yeah, I'm sure I will.
2: Just don't solder your
0: hands to the system.
2: How much?
5: How much did you pay for your version of Rally? I'm curious.
3: Um, you know what? It was actually pretty cheap. It was like, geez, twenty or thirty dollars. Like, I'm, I'm. It was just a, an auction on eBay, and nobody was really bidding on it. Probably because not too many people are aware of it. I would imagine. But I didn't pay very much at all.
5: About. Four years ago ish or so is when I picked up mine, and one guy had like a stack of them. We're talking like 30 of them. And so I picked up yeah. my, my set from him.
3: Is you know, the funny thing, Kay, is I'm pretty sure I remember that too. There was like a because back in the day, there was they were more common than they are now, or at least I would see them pop up from time to time. So now it's not so much.
4: Now, there was a version that came with the net link, and you're it does say Netlink, so there's that one too. So I think if you're online, you you would have to make sure, if you're on eBay or something, you'd have to make sure that it didn't have the Netlink on the spine there. Like,
3: Yes, and this one's quite unique because, I mean, the Saturn's got a, a very small amount of uh, releases, at least in North America, that came in standard jewel cases, the two Netlink uh, pack-in games, uh, virtual on and... Sega Rally Netlink uh, both have their own standard jewel cases. There's a copy of Virtua Fighter uh, remix I believe that has a standard case and the original Virtual Fighter. Anyways, there's there's a few of them, but this one Sega rally release has like a blood red spine so it completely stands out with uh, all the other oh. small jewel cases. And the Netlink one doesn't. So
4: Right, okay. You're ta- you're talking about the part where it says Sega Saturn on the on the front? Or just on the no no no
3: just spine. just on the actual spine it is uh, oh. super red so okay like if you've got it on a on a shelf you'll definitely notice it stand out gotcha like the front the front uh, the front artwork just looks like a squished up version of the original like made to sort of fit a standard jewel case gotcha and it's just in plain color like it's not silver or anything and yeah.
0: Gotcha. All right. So, what about the uh, what about you, Dave? What have you been up to in the world of Saturn and just in the world of Dave in general?
4: Oh well, let's see. In the world of Saturn, I think it's gonna be mostly just playing a couple games to prepare for this cast. Anything good? That's debatable. I mean, <laughs> it's depending. It depends on your taste. Uh, I w- I was playing uh, Mansion of the Hidden Souls. Or sorry, the Mansion of Hidden Souls, not to be confused with the Sega CD version, and then um, Lunacy. I, I mean, I like them and I own them, you know. But I I know that uh, they're they're kind of like adventure FMV games, so I'll I'll get into those later. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, um, also teaching my son the ways of uh, uh, the ways of karate through uh, good old Parappa the Rapper kick punch it's all in the mind if you uh, want to test me so uh yeah we i was i was introducing him to parappa for the first time and he just got a kick out of that so did you now, how to drive too taught him how to drive yeah put your foot on the brakes foot on now, the gas. what is it yeah on foot on the gas I I, I, I I love that yeah i've been working in the flea market so early God, <laughs> he,
0: so good. he actually
4: got pretty far at that game so he's got good rhythm but, yeah, he's uh, he's getting into, like, rhythm games. We were playing Rhythm Heaven the other day, and now he's, like, getting into Parappa and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm just introducing him to, like, new genres.
0: Are you going to show him the Parappa ripoff on the Saturn?
4: I, sh- I will. Jung Rhythm, yeah. I Jung love rhythm. that game. But it's a little bit more. I figured I'd start him off, like, with something that's pretty accessible you know then we'll yeah. get into like the the weird esoteric stuff but yeah no I'm um, jammer lammy you know jung rhythm is a great game too on the saturn for anybody who hasn't checked it out that's worth a burn you should uh, uh, but, yeah, you no, should that... get
0: him into the world of beat money and make him make him become a pro beat money player yeah. <laughs> just like those turntables slamming all the keys sure like...
4: no but he's he's been on he's really big into like uh strategy games and stuff funny enough. So, but so this is like completely different direction for him, but yeah, he likes it a lot. So, that's me in a nutshell.
0: Gotcha. What about uh you, Mr. K?
5: Yeah, so Peter wrote this uh pretty fantastic article about this disc that I've had in my possession for a couple of years, but was in a stack that I didn't really look at um for a very long time. It was a local pickup at a uh A friend's um, store, uh, Video Game Wizards, in Portland. And um, I was just there after PRGE, I think, 2017? And they had a bunch of Japanese disc-only games that showed up. And I went ahead and started grabbing anything that I didn't recognize that I had. Uh, Among some of the more interesting ones was, like, the demo for Layer Section 2. And uh, the demo for Girls in Motion Puzzle 1 and 2 and this really bizarre game that I had not seen before and they gave them to me for like 1 to 3 bucks a piece, 1 to 5 bucks a piece and I just took this whole stack home, there's maybe like 30 discs and then I just left them in a stack, didn't bother looking at them and uh, last December I was going through my Saturn games um, trying to catalog everything I've been trying to do this for a number of years and I finally got to that stack, and was kind of shocked because Layer Section Two was actually missing from the redump set for a number uh, of months. And I was actually about to buy a copy of it from uh, from someone I think in Puerto Rico. Uh, so I like was shocked that I discovered I had it. And then there was this game that you know again I didn't recognize it at all. Uh, and I started like looking up its uh, product number. And the product number was not in Satokore. And that shocked the daylights out of me. It's uh, the uh, Atlanta 1996 Olympic Games. And I was super excited because I thought, oh, wow, I found, you know, an impossible game. Uh, One that shouldn't exist, like the Japanese version of Scorcher or something. Turned out it was just an audio disc with um, the proper printing. So it was kind of like a a test printing of what the disc would have looked like. But the same week that I found the game, uh, or I guess I I found this disc in my collection, um, Fireball from the Redump Project turned me on to a uh, Yahoo Japan auction where they were showing a flyer for the same game. And so I went ahead and I bought that and sent uh, some scans over to Peter uh, last month, and he wrote a nice little article about it.
0: So what's the audio on the disc? Is it just like random audio or is it just uh, like stuff related to the Olympics?
5: No, no, it had nothing to do with the Olympics at all. Um, The Matrix Code was just like some Japanese artist. Um, I've not listened to it. And once we discovered that it wasn't an actual like like Saturn executable, you know, it just kind of got put aside. The disappointment, you know, washed over me. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, it's still a cool little piece to have. You know, somewhere. We should,
0: we should rip the music and see where it's from.
5: Oh, I, we figured out where it was from originally, um, and I did a dump and gave it to the Redump Project to have it examined, um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't anything special audio-wise. The The physical disc itself is very unique.
0: I gotcha, but the audio is just some random Japanese artist or something?
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, beyond that, um, the Fire Pro Wrestling Translation Project is getting closer to completion. And uh, we're in the process now. I'm I'm going through um, renaming all of the built-in wrestlers with their authentic names as close as I can get. Uh, So doing a lot of research on uh, mid-90s Japanese wrestlers.
0: That sounds like a fun time
5: it's been interesting and it's been a very long time since I picked this game up and it caused me to go through some old paperwork I had including um, like a 18 plus year old document of me trying to write out in uh, hiragata and kanji um, of what the various uh, like uh, skill categories were so that I'd be able to recognize it on screen Um, and I also found like uh, some of the old edits that I Back before I realized that saving things in HTML would probably be the better idea, I converted a bunch of stuff to like Word documents, and then printed them out and shoved them into like some sort of binder. So I actually had like a an edit, which is what you call the creative wrestler in um, Fire Pro. I have an edit of Carnage, like from Spider Man. Oh, nice! There, it's pretty neat.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of what I've been up to, I finally got a copy of Magic Knight Ray Earth after. Uh, lots of trading and selling out a bit of cash for it. So that was uh, that was kind of good. It was a, uh, it was about an eight hundred dollar game at the store. So I was uh, I didn't want to put that on a credit card. So <laughs> I traded a bunch of stuff, and I think it was uh, I think it was a complete in box Final Fantasy three for for Super Nintendo, Kirby's Dreamland three with a box, um, a Sega CD, uh, was it was the other one I got uh. There's a couple other ones in there, but there's just sort of the the heavy hitters on there. Uh, A lot of them are just pretty much SNES games, but I don't really play them anymore physically. I mostly play on MISTER, so I kind of figured I'd rather get a game I'm really passionate about instead of a bunch of stuff that's just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. So yeah, that was really, really cool. I got actually a Foo Disc, too, so I got Best Girl, so yay. So so that was really cool. It's cool to finally own one of those, so... I think that's one of the only Saturn games I really want to collect. Uh, Yeah, I'm really happy to have that in my collection now, and hopefully it'll forever stay with me. Unless it disappears, randomly. But, let's hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't,
3: yeah.
0: Uh, Besides that, just got back into collecting for GameCube, PS2, and a few other ones, so a lot of yard sailing stuff. Uh, Nothing super, you know, fruitful. A lot of my time is spent on Looking on offer up, offer up Craigslist and Meraki for any kind of deals, but I mean, in Arizona at least, it's like by the time it's posted, there's about four people ahead of me that already posted and offered probably twice the amount of money. So it's kind of, kind of hard to find deals nowadays, at least on those apps. So uh, just, just trying to hunt down GameCube stuff mostly, uh, and uh, just working out in general. I've got back into the funk of it, so I'm kind of back working out so a lot of a lot of a lot of muscle-based stuff a lot of free weights uh, a lot of cardio stuff so i'm kind of trying to get fit for 2020 uh and kind of tying into my podcast where i have this challenge where it's like uh one of the one of the people one of the things in the in the show that I, in hunter hunter for the podcast i do is like getting your your hunter's license and one of the tasks is running about about 50 miles so and i want to get into shape to do something like that maybe do a A 50 mile walk for the podcast but that's uh that's probably not gonna happen for a while especially with covid but uh besides that yeah just uh other podcast stuff uh this podcast and uh trying to live my life by getting GameCube. so
4: so you got uh animal crossing right
0: yeah i got animal crossing and a couple other ones so Uh, so you got
4: you actually got a few games in in that animal crossing game correct because it's the gamecube version yeah, so you so get all those unlockable like, games.
0: Yeah, it's like ten additional games. So, I, I guess when the, that collection picture is like, I got, I got like almost, almost fifteen games instead of like five. So, it <laughs> worked out well.
4: That's a good one, though.
0: Yeah, but no. On top of that, I got Super Monkey Ball. I got that. I got Donkey Konga Two. I uh, saw that. I forgot, yeah. I forgot what the other ones were, but there's oh Evolution, and then yeah. I think that's it. But do you have Evolution yeah. for the Dreamcast? Yeah, I have both of them, I believe cool but yeah it's it's all good that's that's about it though mm-hmm. why don't we move on to the news all right so uh, the Valhonian translation was shadow drop so. I think it was like last week uh one of the teams dropped uh, the translation for Vaholian and unfortunately I haven't really had time to dig into it, but I'm I'm super excited about it. Do you guys have you guys tried this out or have more info on that?
4: It's got a really deep learning curve.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I ended up uh, uh burning myself a disc with the patch applied. Um I've not played the game before and I've only just given it a very quick sort of trial just to make sure everything worked. And it does. So First Impressions, um, it's sort of a strategy RPG type of game uh, in the vein of of Wackenroeder or maybe even Shining Force 3. The sections where you actually fight an enemy when you take a turn and and take a strike at an enemy um, are 3D, but the rest of the game is really, really gorgeous 2D. Like the pixel art is really quite phenomenal. Um, And I don't, you know, that's really all the impression that I've got at this time. I don't, I haven't really, you know, played too much into it. I want to take my time with it and really get into it. But so far, it just looks uh, really sensational. And it really just for me, it goes to show that especially for RPGs, which is a genre that I, that I really enjoy on the Saturn, there is a ton of stuff in Japan that is hardly ever talked about just because of the language barrier. And so this was one such game and it's super cool to see it uh, translated uh, and available to us English speakers. It's awesome.
1: It reminds me when Lincoln Liver Story was translated, like no one in the West really knew about it. And now yep. a ton of Saturn fans have played it and love it. And I feel like this is kind of a, a similar experience. It's like we're getting new games. It's, it's nice. So.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I remember getting that game
0: it was one of my first Saturn games, Linkle Liver, and it's actually, it actually was a lot of fun. I couldn't understand anything that was happening, but it was still super fun. But now I'm happy I can actually play through that.
4: Same localizer, right? Ice, sha or ice? Yes, yes. Yeah. She, they go, um, definitely go for the less talked about stuff for sure. You know, low profile, and that's mm-hmm. cool because uh, then you know when it comes. Everybody's like, Whoa, what's this? So that's cool. Exactly. Just Like you said, it goes to show you how much stuff is trapped in Japan.
0: Little by little we're we're uncovering and chiseling away that language barrier. Soon we'll have almost every hentai game <laughs> on the system in the US library. Your life will be complete. <laughs> Did I say Hentai? I meant dating Sims. But no. But no, I'm I'm really in all seriousness though, I'm really excited. They really need to do that zero four or doozy translation though, because I really wanna I really want to get my dates back up with Whale Man, but you know, that, yeah, that, that not happened. Memories, God. Yeah. But uh, Terraria announced support for the PlayStation One for their ODE their mode. So I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, it, it requires a modification, unfortunately, and it's not plug and play. But I I just like the idea of this product being able to do all three of those and be so versatile. I know a lot, I know it's also been it's also been criticized for that versatility where it's like oh why can't it be three separate devices but I mean I mean at the end of the day I kind of like the idea of yeah it's it's expensive but I mean it's good for what it does isn't all that players. the whole point
4: of FPGA though I mean it's like yeah reprogrammable and what you want it to be
0: Yeah the thing so... is that I think it's all plug and play though so it's all ready to go but it's just kind of Yeah it's just kind of annoying that, that it gets that sort of criticism at least in my eyes I like, I like that versatility at least i mean what do you guys think of this
4: people need to understand and appreciate one thing the availability of this device owes itself to the fact that they only have to focus on building one device you know what they can focus their entire uh, fabricate you know at least that that production line they can really just focus on building that device and reworking and troubleshooting that one device and making sure that they're getting enough out to people if they were having to do multiple different devices there would be a lot of demand but there wouldn't be as much supply and it would probably cost more you know to be honest if they had to you know make three different devices don't you think
0: yeah for sure i think it would get pretty expensive especially on their end so I kind of like the idea of just one product and keeping it stock and being versatile yeah it's a bit expensive mm. compared it'll to it'll the... come
4: down though probably
0: yeah. yeah and I mean it's already cheaper than the than the satiator so I mean it's I mean for True. The, the cheap I mean yeah it, it does require an install but I mean it's just as good if not better than the satiator in some ways.
2: And heck, with a little bit of effort, you can switch it in between the different consoles, and it, you're not really spending more money. you're just using the same thing that you already have, which that's kind of neat mm-hmm. too.
0: But yeah, I'm super excited about it. They did announce that, yeah, it does require modification to the PlayStation itself. but um it's I think it's about the same modification as the X station, which is another like ODE. They both look pretty good, and I'm excited to see what the modification is. If it's easy enough, I think I might get another one for PlayStation because it also would be nice to have a, have a, a versatile PlayStation as well, especially for our jobs comparing the different versions of the game. So that'd be kind of cool. let's go into our main topic tonight, which is crappy Halloween games for a crappy 2020. You thought your 2020 was bad. Wait until you get into these games. But man, yeah. Basically, this was I thought it was a fun idea. We've done a lot of good Halloween games. I thought we'd do some rather awful ones. Just, just terrible. Uh, but we got a really good selection here. Um, uh, why don't we start with you, Peter, on uh, Crypt Killer, which is a pretty horrible uh you know what i don't know i don't know let's see what you think about crypt killer
3: okay so i had the quote-unquote pleasure of playing crypt killer uh which is also known as henry explorers in japan really strange uh change of name but crypt killer so it's a konami arcade it's it's what a weird what a weird uh title change i agree Uh, So Konami uh, released this in 1995 in the arcades as a light gun game. And it was unique because it featured uh, pump action shotguns. And that was the big draw in the arcades. So, um, And it was a three-player game. So up to three people could, you know, go raiding some crypts for treasure. So it released on the Saturn in 97 as one of Konami's, you know, big three North American Saturn games alongside with Contra Legacy of War and the baseball game Bottom of the Ninth. And I'm being sarcastic here because in Japan they released close to 600 games, it seems, uh, you know, of fantastic uh, franchises and quality and you know, games like Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, and Vandal Hearts, and about a million others, but not in North America, because we got Contra, we got Bottom of the Ninth, and we got Crypt Killer. So, on the Saturn, the game is for one or two players, In the arcades it was one to three, but on the Saturn, it's just one or two players. Uh, it is compatible with the Stunner Light Gun, and I did play the game both with the Standard Controller and the Stunner Light Gun. To my delight, it's also compatible with the Saturn Mouse, and I did give it a try with the Mouse, and... And I have to admit that of all three control configurations, I actually enjoyed the mouse the most. Uh, the, the sight on the screen moves uh, very quickly when you're using the mouse, and so your accuracy can just really shoot sky high compared to using a light gun. But that could also be because I'm not that good at light gun games. And the uh, just the regular standard controller, because of course your sight moves pretty slowly with a standard controller, um, and you have to hold down one of the shoulder buttons to increase the speed, and it's just a mess. Um. Anyway, so you're an adventurer and you're in the search of treasure, sort of like an Indiana Jones motif. And uh, during your travels, you're joined by the spirit of Galamon, and he sort of advises you in between sections in the game.
0: Oh god, that guy is so creepy.
3: He is. He's like a floating head, bald head that just sort of appears. And I, I really sort of tried to watch him and understand him because the voiceover is quite quiet compared to the background music, and so. I was <laughs> I was trying to treat him like a human being and I was watching his lips to see if I could, you know, enhance how I could understand him. Of course it didn't work uh, for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Number one, his eyes were quite bloodshot, this guy. Um, and his eyes were sort of moving around and shifting. And from time to time he would go cross-eyed. And also he was really just sort of um, twitching quite, quite uncontrollably, especially in his lower face. And so, it just was really sort of unnerving. I thought possibly he was smoking some kind of mystic substance or something.
0: I mean, he could it could be, uh, you know. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I saw the PS1 version. His head's like way bigger.
3: The PS1 version, and I watched video of it, seems quite a bit smoother than the Saturn version, at least in terms of textures. But it's still not that good. And I'll get to the not good part in just a sec. Um so anyway, so your goal in this game is to get treasure, and you do that by going through each level, and at the end of each level you face a boss, and when you defeat the boss, you get um an eye of guidance. So it's kind of like a jewel. And so the idea is that behind this door, which has a bar-relief head with the eyes missing, if you put in the two eyes of guidance that you got from beating two levels, the door will open and then you'll get your treasure. So it's essentially, um, you know, once you complete two levels, you get to see an ending and there's multiple endings available depending on which levels you select to play and also which kinds of eyes you get because there's red eyes and there's blue eyes. And uh, what determines whether you get a red uh, eye of guidance or a blue one is which path you take. Because the game does have, within each level, you have two points uh, in each level where you get to select a path. And it always comes down to just two side-by-side doors, and you have to shoot at the one that you want to go in, go through, um, and then you, you proceed. And so I said that essentially you have to finish two levels to, to get to the ending, and that's true, but the game actually has six levels in total, and you can select any combination of two levels that you want. So really, if you think about that, you've got six levels to choose from and you only need two to complete the game. And then within each level itself, you get two points where you have to select your path it actually, you know, uh, ends up being quite a good amount of replay value, you know, so, you know, each playthrough is going to be slightly different, there's so many combinations and whatever, and just the fact that even defeating each boss, you get uh, either a blue or a red Eye of Guidance that, you know, tells you that you're going to have different endings, and so there's just a lot of combinations, but the endings themselves are kind of weird, so I finished, the first time I finished a run I ended up getting the best ending and so the treasure that I found was this like legendary flaming sword and that's apparently the best ending and you get this awesome sword and that's kind of the end other endings include uh learning that your treasure room is kind of a trap and all the bosses from the game show up and they just kill you um and then another ending that you can get is that you discover that you're just an actor on a movie set so it's like a super weird mix of different you know, endings that you can get. It's just, it's a really strange combination. So the bosses are, you know, they include things like gargoyles, like a Medusa that throws little snakes at you and just all kinds of uh, different sort of Halloween themed creatures. Um, You know, your regular standard enemies are the undead, tons of skeletons, like mer-monsters, flying fish that spit arrows at you, like just all kinds of, uh, like, you know, mystical, magical, Halloween-y sort of stuff. Um, So I mentioned that the the gun of choice in the game is a shotgun, uh, but you also, and this is the sort of uh, other unique draw in the game, is that uh, each of the characters in the game, so yourself and your partner, has up to three bombs in your inventory, and so at any point you can push the C button... And it triggers the bomb, and the bomb essentially wipes out all enemies on screen, all minor enemies on screen. And so you can hold up to three bombs, and you can't replenish those. So you kind of have to be very judicious in in how you use them. Um, and at the end of each section, your score and accuracy, and so on, are displayed. And throughout the game, you can also find the occasional treasure chest. And if you shoot it, nine times out of ten, there's going to be like some sort of a weapon upgrade in there. So you can have like a Gatling gun, or you can have like a flame gun, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, interestingly, a couple times through my playthroughs, I also, like, if you, I shot a chest, and instead of a weapon, I got a Konami logo, and if you shoot that, then your hit points, which are set at three hearts, immediately go up to nine, and you get nine bombs as well, so it's almost like a, yeah, so it's like a superpower that you can sort of find and pick up, so that was, that was... I imagine a lot
0: of people nowadays want to shoot the Konami logo.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for not the same reasons, but exactly yeah so everything i've said so far makes the game sound like just just a total joy i mean it's a light gun game it's halloween themed lots of different levels to choose from different paths to take within each level and that all sounds really amazing but i have to just be super honest right now so i've played i have played a ton of saturn games in my life and this has got to be one of the worst looking saturn games out there Um, the environments that you're sort of, uh, moving through on rails are fully 3d and all of the monsters are sprites, but the sprites are incredibly pixelated and they just have no frames of animation and the 3d environments, the textures are absolutely horrendous. If I were to try to paint a visual for you, you know, try to imagine if you spent all day eating, you know, Pizza, and then all of a sudden you vomited on your TV or monitor. That's kind of what this game looks like. It's just so chunks of vomit? color, and yeah, it really is. It's it's poorly animated pizza vomit. Is is perhaps you know my forward review of the game? So pizza, um, pizza vomit the of, game, sweet. Yeah, pixel so, garbage. <laughs> the, right, like regurgitated pixel. Uh, rubbish, you know, so just total garbage.
0: Do you ever play, a, unless you're a little Breath of the Wild, it reminds me of the, when you make a recipe, your combination, it's yes. like really bad. It's like bad all pixelated. Cooking. Mm-hmm. The cooking, it's kind of like that.
3: Yeah, except the whole game is like that. Uh, the frame rate is okay, however the draw distance is really, really bad, and compared to the arcade and PlayStation versions, at least those two versions, although they themselves look really bad, uh, at least the draw distance is better. And yes, even the arcade version of this game, it, just the textures are horrendous. And the, it's just it, with the Saturn version, it's almost as if Konami worked extra hard to make it look crappy on the Saturn. So so it really is a terrible. So like, I mean, overall, the game is is good. Like if if it had just been polished on a technical level, it might actually be quite a lot of fun. But the, the way it looks really detracts from the game experience in a tremendous way, much more so than usual. I mean, you know, if you're used to playing modern-day games and you have to switch to a, a Saturn game initially, especially a 3D game, initially you, you have to sort of adjust to, you know, those low-poly uh, visuals. But this game just it really takes the cake. I mean, it's, it's bad. Uh, the official Sega Saturn magazine, the British magazine, rated it at 47 which is about right, you know, it still holds today. And out of all the light gun games that that magazine reviewed, this one was by far the lowest. So, um, yeah, so, you know, that kicks off our coverage of horrible Halloween games for 2020. So, you know, it's a fun game in concept, but in execution, you're going to want to take your light gun and, you know, hit yourself in the head with it a few times. And, you know, maybe that'll make the visuals look better. I don't know. Gotcha.
0: Well, uh, Peter, speaking of, uh, of killers and really bad Lycan games, why don't we get into uh, another Lycan game called Corpse Killer, Graveyard Edition of course, which I actually thought that uh, Corpse Killer was like a sequel or a prequel to Crypt Killer. I'm wondering now if maybe they may- they worded it that way to associate with it, but I don't know why they would associate with such a awful game of this caliber. And the worst part is I don't think this is even counts as a Lycan game. Am I right?
3: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I know I'll, I'll mention really briefly. So, this game, uh, done by Digital Pictures, is a full motion video game. It appeared on a lot of platforms. Every single version of this game on every platform supports the light gun except for one. And can you just guess which one that would be?
0: Of course. <clears throat> <clears throat> of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, originally, it was released on the Sega CD in '94. And it got a Saturn release on November 10th, ninety five, And it also got a release on PS4 and Steam on July 30th, 2019. I believe they remastered all the cutscenes and stuff, so it probably looks a lot better. If it plays better, I highly doubt that. But the story is you are you are the lieutenant. A, mar- a marine airdropped on an island to stop Dr. Hellman. Yeah, that's the name, Dr. Hellman. Hellman, get it? haha. <laughs> Hell on Earth. Anyways... Uh, who is creating an army of zombies to take over the world? And I think the guy that, there's a lot of really popular actors in here too, like or a lot of famous people. Like I think a lot of them are even in like newer shows as well. You uh, go side by side with a this woman reporter and this very uh, this very bombastic uh, Rastafarian uh, driver that takes you around the island and tries to give you potions from the zombie king, which I don't know what the hell that means and what that entails. But all I know is I probably won't drink it if if he actually offered me in real life. Um, there's a lot of benefits though over the Sega CD version, which is full screen FMV, full motion videos, improved quality. I guess as improved as you get it, an actual difficulty selection, so it's not on destroy your body difficulty at all times. In your face zombies, which is zombies that you know pop up on the screen like in Area 51 that like you know stab you out of nowhere. And you have to, and the only way to kill those guys is with armor-piercing rounds or dotra rounds that I guess could be gotten by quest or those power-up drops. And of course, the best feature of all the fake Rastafarian driver and a lot more bullets. Uh, in terms of issues, though, there's actually quite a lot. Uh, there's input lag on the controller itself, so I don't know if you guys played it, but it feels like even with a, a wired controller, it feels like it lags when you're trying to move it around. I don't know if it's supposed to, like, represent a sentry or something, but it's just a mega laggy, and it's it's really hard to control with the, the controller, and with no other other options to control it, it makes it a hell of a game to play with a controller. Uh, like we were telling before, no light gun support, so if you want to actually play this game and enjoy it, that's not happening on the Saturn. Uh, even on, like, the lower difficulties, the zombies are really strong, like, like you can aim at, I think with the 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 just the aiming of it is just so hard to to target them that you just get hit so much. Like, I swear, like the first couple like uh, screens, I'm like down to like like 12 HP already. It's very difficult. And of course, the stock sound effects that are super generic from every every movie and TV show you can think of. So all all the the monkey effects, the zombie effects, they're all the dying effects. They're all stock. So whatever you see on like TV shows, uh. It actually is the same stock effects of dying as in uh, Command and Conquer, weirdly enough, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, Drain his health easily, and yeah, just the FMVs look awful. So it's, I actually kind of, like compared to uh, Crypt Killer, I don't know which one I like more. I think I like the gameplay of Crypt Killer better, but I actually like the story of Corpse Killer weirdly, weirdly enough. It's just silly and B-movie enough that I actually really enjoy it. And I guess that's kind of strange to say.
2: What's interesting is it doesn't have any light gun support, but I know we don't have a trackball accessory for the Saturn, but wouldn't you think this is a great game that would be able to be played with a trackball?
0: It would be kind of cool to have something like that for the Saturn. But I mean, I don't. Know, it, it just seems like it's almost rushed in a way. It also comes on two discs as well.
3: After I learned that Crypt Killer was mouse compatible, I actually tried Corpse Killer out with a mouse, but no dice. It does not. The mouse is not supported, Baller. so literally the controller is your is your only option. Um, I would kind of agree with your opinion, although the gameplay in Crypt Killer is more solid. Like it's it's a more conceptually it's a it's a better title, but. In terms of execution, I think that uh, "Corpse Killer" because it's all full motion video, so they actually had actors dressed up as zombies, and you know you had your stereotypical to the max, you know Jamaican guy, and you know the blonde reporter, and the zombie mad scientist. you like,
0: free on the best part though, Peter. The I don't know if you saw it, but when he he put that thing that person in the chair and turned him to a skeleton, that was totally in action. <laughs> yes
3: absolutely like it and it is so cheesy and it is so b-movie i mean it's it's so bad that in my opinion is good i actually had a a fun time with with uh, corpse killer i mean everything you said about you know why this game is not that great is correct and accurate but for like a really cheesy oh my god i can't believe they made this type of game that you know it's great and on the cover of the U.S. Uh, version of Corpse Killer, it actually says in in, in like a big sort of sticker like graphic, it says you know one of the year's twenty best games. Like it's just it's totally crazy. It's 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 insane. It's just it's that kind of a game. Like if you thought the voiceovers in the original Resident Evil were complete cheese, then this entire game is is complete cheese. And for that reason, I would prefer it. And and you said you you kind of prefer the the story of this one as well, yeah.
0: The story is, I enjoy the story in the FMVs, but the gameplay is absolute trash. Like, I did not like the gameplay at all, but I did like the gameplay on Crypt Killer, so I guess yes. that's hard.
3: See, and one thing I noticed when I was playing this game, Pat, is as you're going, so your standard weapon is unlimited, so you can just hold down your fire button and just kind of, you know, move your, yeah. your cursor across the screen, and so you're just kind of blasting zombies away. And I don't know if this is a function of not being accurate or what, but these little skull things, icons, start dropping sort of across the screen kind of like rainfall right and at first i thought oh cool they're pickups like so i gotta shoot these and i'll get points or some other bonus or whatever but the vast majority of them actually harm you so the i think they were in like added in there so that you don't specifically just sort of move your your crosshair across the screen back and forth and just hold down the fire button so you want to kill the zombies before they hit you but you got to avoid those dropping skull type icons like it's it's almost as if they made the game and they realized, oh, we made a crappy game, so let's add something to make it, you know, more challenging. Like, it's just, the whole product is just, it's so bad that it's good, you know?
4: That was pretty much digital pictures, though, right? That, that's, like, yeah. what they were known for. Double Switch. Yes. And did they yes. do, did they do the Night Trap digital pictures? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they yeah. were just
0: known for that Same team. Cheese. <laughs> Actually, I actually should, I should prefer yep. double switch over, over Night trap and corpse killer. Double yeah. switch is actually a lot of fun. Not gonna lie,
3: that's the one with Corey Haynes. Uh,
5: did either of you guys try out the revision of the game? It was in Dawn's set of unreleased betas and protos, and I released it. I want to say like last year or maybe like a little bit earlier, but it was like version one point one, and I was curious if anyone got to try that out. Versus, uh, I don't think so. What
4: no, was better we... about it?
5: I, I've never tried it. I just know that it was uh, like a code revision.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'll, we'll have to try it out. I We really need to probably try this really now. Clean up.
4: I will say the, the best thing about... Well, I don't know if it's the best thing about the game, but um, my copy says... My copy has a uh, little coupon on the front. $5 off new games, plus two free issues of Next Generation magazine. So <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, <laughs> at least I you got something... Offers... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that offer had expired by now. <laughs> you just
4: well, go to Next Generation Magazine.
3: <laughs> Next Generation Magazine did a, did several interviews with Tom Zitto, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Who is you know he was the the head honcho at Digital Pictures, and it's amazing reading those interviews from back in the day. He was absolutely convinced that full motion video was the future you know this was to him far better than anything that was currently available or up and coming like he just he swore and he lived by his full motion video games and so you know it's it's quite it's remarkable how obviously you know in a few years he was proven completely wrong and yet his games endure i mean night trap has such a legacy and that's one of his as well so yeah it's it's just it's fascinating.
0: I mean, it, your, your game doesn't get put on the, the PlayStation Store or released on Steam or released by LRG if it's not memorable, at least, or has some impact. Mm-hmm. I did find it funny how it got rated T for Teen, though, when it came when it got re-released.
4: What's that, Night Trap?
0: Yeah. Well,
4: I mean, it made it to the Congress, you know? <laughs> it made it yeah, to... Yeah, it's uh... kind
0: of funny that nowadays there's way worse games than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just kind of funny. It just... It's just a product of its time.
3: So maybe before we go on, um, we'll do recommendations. So I did uh, Crypt Killer, and I mean, ugh, I would recommend it only if you have a friend over for Halloween, and you know you've both maybe had a few beverages or found some other way to really just kind of get into the spirit of the holiday. Then, and then perhaps you might get some enjoyment out of Crypt Killer. It's a solid enough game if you can look past the vomit. And now I'm curious, Pat, how would you recommend uh, Corpse Killer?
0: I would. I would recommend that you don't play Corpse Killer, but watch it on YouTube or play the new, the re-release. Because, I mean, the, the whole reason why I liked it is the sto- is the crazy story. So because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, because uh, I can't see anything in that pixelated mess, I would recommend either watching on YouTube or just playing the remaster. Steam and PS4.
5: Can you make a drinking game out of either of those?
0: Yes. Uh, every time that creepy skull guy comes on screen in Crypt Killer, take it five drinks, and then take five more, and then another five. And then every time the, the, the fake Rastafarian guy comes on screen and says something, or says bruh, just take a drink.
4: I'll just mute the game and do the voices (laughs) or that do like a mystery science theater.
3: So the evil scientist, Dr. Hellman is played by Vincent Chiavelli who, and I could be pronouncing his name wrong guys. So if I, if I did uh, forgive me, but he is like, he, you know, he did a lot of sort of side roles in movies or, or minor roles. He, I'm positive he was the ghost guy in the subway uh, in that movie with uh, Whoopi Goldberg and the one where oh is it just called Ghost or Ghosts?
0: I think you're thinking of Phil. Yeah, it's Ghost. As it's
3: Ghost,
0: he, ghost yeah. as Subway Ghost.
3: Yeah, is he not the Subway Ghost? He is. I'm looking at. His so body. it's him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's that. Uh, I'm trying to think the the most recent one. Oh, he was in Hey Arnold the movie. I guess that's kind of cool.
3: So yeah, like it's you know he's it's just cool that he's in the game. You're just like, oh hey, I know that guy. He's the you know, and he's the mad scientist that's making potions to to create a zombie army. Like it's just yeah. it's so bad that it's good.
0: Oh, he's also in Death of Smoochie. That was actually a really good movie with Robin Williams and, and uh, Edward Norton. That actually was a really good movie. But anyways, uh, yeah, why don't we move on to um, Skeleton Warriors, or as people call it, Skeleton Warriors, as the (laughs) kids' TV show intro.
2: Right, and uh, this is one that um, I completely overlooked when I was going through some Saturn games to play, and I don't know why, I just, you know, I I guess I just thought it was just going to be something generic, and so... And then when I was like, alright, Halloween's coming up, I gotta play uh, one of these games, and Skeleton Warriors was on the list and was like, oh god, this one is gonna be really bad. Okay, so, good surprise was Skeleton Warriors actually isn't that bad. Um, the The best parts about it is it's a beautiful-looking game, and the soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack is just trying to be epic, and it really kind of nails it. Uh, the... The game basically plays your, uh, it's kind of like a beat-em-up, you know, side-scrolling, go left or right, and you just knock out every single skeleton and everything that you come across. Uh, Now, what's interesting is when you do kill a skeleton, they drop a jewel. If you don't pick up that jewel in time, the the power of the skeleton merges back together and you have to kill it again. Uh, So it's really big about... You know, knocking them out and picking these jewels up. Now, these jewels also have the ability uh, to create a long-range weapon attack for you. And You can either use one jewel to give you just a basic attack, or you can select between one of two different special attacks uh, using your triggers, and uh, it uses typically two jewels to do that special attack. Um, the, uh, the game is not bad as far as that goes. It's something that you could play with an arcade stick and have a lot of fun with, Uh, The downside to the game is by the time I got to stage three, I was actually kind of bored and I didn't really make it much beyond that point Uh, because the problem with the game is you go from the left and you go to the right and that's about it. There's um, points in each stage where... um, it's easier to just run and go through and just get to the boss or get to the end. But the stage will stop and force you to fight off a series of, uh, skeletons. And the problem is, is if you get stuck way too far to the right edge of the screen, when this happens, you have a bad habit of getting hit by the skeletons that are emerging into that stage area. And so, um, so that's a little bit of troublesome there. Um, bosses were a little tricky because you're just going to get hit. I tried blocking, I tried uh, attacking, ducking, anything like that. And and let the real strategy there is that you just got to attack them and hit them very, very quickly in rapid succession. But like I said, the problem was I just got bored with the game. And uh, even though it looks really pretty, it sounds really nice, it's just highly repetitive and just... I'd, just couldn't make it all the way through it. Um, is it something I can recommend, though? Yeah, if you get it cheap enough, it's not bad. You, you won't be disappointed with it. Uh, like I say, try it with an arcade stick. And um, But if you really want a good example of a good beat-em-up, um, Guardian Heroes is an excellent example of a good beat-em-up game.
3: Um, I was just looking through our Shiro website, and exactly two years ago, I wrote a review for this game. And everything you said is is pretty much w- what was my uh, take on the game when I played it. It's good. It, it looks great. It controls well. There's no issues, but it's just it's completely unremarkable. It's just it, it's boring, really. There's nothing to keep you, you know, uh, uh, going through the game. So I agree 100 percent with everything you just said.
2: Okay, now I want to look up this old Shiro article. Anyone ever see the cartoon for Skeleton Warriors? Yeah, I actually did see a couple of episodes, but I don't remember much about it. I just remember seeing it, and that was about it.
3: Yeah. It was a 13 episode 1994 cartoon series produced in America by Landmark Entertainment. I'm just reading off my review because I ended up doing a bit of research for it uh, to see how close the game was to the cartoon. And story wise, it's, you know, it's fairly. fairly faithful to the original uh, cartoon. I mean, you're Prince Justin, uh, you have one half crystal and you have to defeat the evil Baron Dark for the other half of the light, uh, light star crystal. And like, it's you know, it's, I don't know, there's not much to it really. It's, it's fairly generic.
4: I just remember back in the day, this game was heavily promoted in magazines. You know, it was in Next Generation. It was in the Saturn magazine. It was... Uh, I remember seeing it though. I remember it being very high profile as far as them trying to push it. And then, you know, when you end up playing it, there's a good first impression, but it's kind of downhill
2: from there. That's, that's pretty accurate. Good first impression. <laughs> and then just kind of downhill.
0: All right. Uh, Kay, Did you want to talk about the, probably the best depiction of the crow character that has ever been produced in any form of media, which is of course in the crow city of angels.
5: This will be short and sweet. Or not sweet this game is god-awful it's the the crow city of angels i actually am of the opinion that the movie that it's based on loosely based on um wasn't as bad as a lot of people claim it to be i mean being a huge crow fan i can admit that the first movie has some very very cringeworthy dialogue um and i love the movie And I love the mythos. That's partly where my name... You know, my online handle has come from the last 20-something years. Um, This game is the worst. And I'm not even talking, like, in the sense of it being, like, a crow property. Um, The controls are awful. It looks ridiculous. It's it's a a pixelated mess. Um, I, I have not played... Crip Killer, so I can't tell if it is a- along the lines of Pizza Vomit, but I obviously can't be. If a mime maybe, you know, threw up somewhere and it was all in black and white, then this probably would kind of come close. Tank controls, similar to like Resident Evil 1, but Resident Evil 1 was actually a good game. This is not. The hit detection is awful. The music is droning and boring. The only thing that you really do is throw out punches and kicks and you're going to hear, hey clown face, like, so you want to beat yourself in the head. Um, Avoid the game. I don't care if you're a Crow fan or not. Avoid it. It's not worth picking up. It's not worth trying to burn. Save your laser. Uh, Stay away from this game and you'll be much happier.
0: Don't wish your Yun's on it.
5: I, I never knew this. Um, I had to use an action replay to uh, to get like a, a frozen ram to you know keep my health to play through more than like the first two levels. There's actually a cheat code that you can use on the PlayStation version and on the PC, and it's not on the Saturn.
0: Yeah, I think the first time I saw it was the was when the AVGN reviewed it, and I was like, "Dang, this game looks like hot garbage."
5: Oh yeah, that's actually a really. Funny review. If you can handle his obscenities and you know, that that particularly vile sense of humor that he has, it, it's a, a pretty on par uh, assessment of how bad this game really
3: is. So, fun fact: I actually own two legitimate original copies of The Crow. I'm not I'm sure how that you. happened. I know I it's like double <laughs> trouble, really, um, and you know i agree 100% with Kay, it's it it's it really kind of is it's like two and a half copies too many um the one thing that uh that more uh, that uh, sort of i noticed that the game uses a lot of um like so it's pre-rendered scenes and then you sort of like in resident evil but the resolution on them either the resolution sucks or the detail in the original uh, photos is just terrible and there's a lot of sort of faked light sourcing. So, you know, you got like a street lamp that, for example, will shine a light on the, onto the street and whatever. But as your character moves through it there is no real uh lighting effects of any kind and so it just looks bad it looks bad because your character will come across as looking like they're just slapped on and superimposed and it just ruins the 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 picture the character moves slowly and when they turn around and 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 try to twist around it's just it's slow and painful and it needs to die it it really just needs to die
0: it's hammer worthy
3: yeah it really is
5: another thing that you know is worth sort of mentioning um this happens a lot again in the uh avgn reviews of past games but uh it's kind of well known that lgn or uh, excuse me ljn uh is a company just known for bad games in general but particularly bad licenses and this game was made by acclaim which uh, absorbed ljn uh, during this time in the 90s so take that with you know how you will
0: the spirit lives on Already. Uh, anyone else want to talk about the crow before we move on? Or did we pretty much put the crow to rest?
4: I'd say it's probably the scariest game in this cast. <laughs> Fair.
5: Yeah. I'll give a little antidote real quick. One of my favorite memories was when we uh, messed with Sam and uh, were voting on one of his live streams. And I repeatedly voted the crow.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I voted it too
3: <laughs> I remember that yeah. yeah and he ended up doing it yeah oh well that's right
5: it, it took a couple of tries but I kept like like pushing it on him you know when other bet much better games would go on and I st- I don't feel bad because it was hilarious but I feel bad and I should feel bad
0: nah he pr- he <laughs> probably funny. it was, it was funny it was worth it was worth it but uh but yeah um do you want to move on to Nick's pick which is a alone in the dark 2. One-Eyed Jack's Revenge, and that totally sounds like a Goonies name, by the way. It kind of does, yeah.
1: Just a long story short, this is like playing a Pilot Red Sun video. If you go on YouTube and look up Pilot Red Sun and watch like two or three of whatever his most latest videos were, you've pretty much experienced the Saturn version of Alone in the Dark 2. Um, it's not good. So the first Alone in the Dark for PC, it's, you know, widely renowned as a Penguin classic. I haven't really played it myself. And the sequel, which is, you know, this one, obviously, uh, it's kind of okay, I guess, for PC. But the Saturn port is, it's just awful. So what's a real shame is they tried to make it an enhanced port. So they gave a lot of the characters and stuff textures and whatnot. But the frame rate, like, is really what kills it. You can tell when an enemy is on screen because the frame rate immediately just tanks to below virtual hide-line standards. It's just... it's the worst. Um, And the controls are really hard to figure out, too. It's tank controls, sort of like Resident Evil, but more complicated. I spent the first 20 minutes trying to figure out how to shoot. You have to open up one of the two pause menus, go to your gun, pick it, and then pick that you're using the gun, not reloading it. And then you have to hold a... And then hold up while holding A to shoot it. And then while holding A, you use left and right to like aim. And half the time that you can't even. awful. E- yeah, it's terrible. And half the time you can't even fire your gun because the frame rate is tanked so much while the enemy's shooting at you that you don't have enough time to uh, press up while the game will let you press up before getting shot by the bad guy. I did die a couple of times to that. Um,. And the game itself, it's like it's got kind of a fun premise. You're like a guy going into a, a haunted house in a place that the game calls Hell's Kitchen. Um, it's just so slow that your your disc is going to rot before you have any chance to beat it. Um, so is
0: it is it is it Hell's Kitchen as in New York Hell's Kitchen? Or Are we talking about Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen, or
1: even worse than those two combined? Probably worse, honestly. Yeah, it's it's just not not a it's good a place port. where everything's raw. I'm sure the original's fine, but this is just an awful port. The 3DO version seems to have a much better frame rate and stays steady throughout, and the load times don't seem to be as bad. That's the other thing, too. Whenever you go from scene to scene and on the Saturn version, it takes, like, like, the screen will freeze, and it'll take 10 or 15 seconds for it to load into the next scene. Doesn't matter if you're getting shot at by an off-screen enemy. It's just... It's terrible. So... Um, fun fact, they almost made a Sega 32 export of this game and then they didn't. Uh, a- another how bad that would have ran. Yeah, not not great. Uh, it was kind of strange that they wanted to port this to console because by the time the Saturn version was done and they released it, Resident Evil had already been out, which is by far a much better survival horror game and was probably took some inspiration from alone in the dark when they originally made it because they have it's very similar sad, c- controls
0: because um, alone in the dark kind of really died alone in the dark
1: it kind of did <laughs> it kind of did um so i don't know if they can the 32 export because of just how bad their other porting efforts were with this or what but or with the fact that resident evil just kind of took over by that point so um definitely not a, a good time to be a survival horror fan on the if you if you only had a Saturn at the time, because the Resident Evil port for Saturn didn't come out until like a year after, alone in the dark too. So anyway, yeah, uh, don't play it fair
0: enough. i I have not played it, but I think I will not
1: If you want to fire up the DOS box and play the PC port, go for it. But if you want to play the Saturn version, don't. it is bad. it is it is probably the worst game I've played on the console.
2: I love hearing when somebody likes to argue what is the worst game on the console because, that brings up some really interesting criteria.
3: It does. (laughs) So a few months ago, I was testing every single North American game for compatibility with the floppy disk drive-in. So of course, I tried it alone, alone in the dark. And initially, I was very put off because it has a ridiculously high memory requirement. Like you need to have... Uh, virtually the entire internal memory free to be able to save a game but the game itself like the interface was clunky the graphics looked like just really bad and you know moving your character was so everything you know nick was saying i would agree with and support and this is yet another game that sort of belongs in the uh infernal flames of hell because it's just it's not fun. It's not good at all. Um, But I will mention for collectors out there that the game it does come with like a uh, like a phone card type insert. And there's something else that I think you've got, Dave, uh, in in the case too, right? Like it's not just a bookmark uh, case manual and a bookmark. Okay, yeah, because it
4: was a Coco Peli game,
3: right? Yeah, and I've got the yeah. the phone card, but I don't have the bookmark. So I guess a complete copy is not just the case, the manual, and the disc. It also includes. The uh, bookmark and the the phone card. So, the packaging is very attractive, though. I mean the the cover art looks great.
0: Yeah, the only thing though is but, that if you want to co- if you want a complete collection for it, or if you want a complete copy, you have to actually own the game. Only downside.
3: Yes. Yeah. That is, crazy. yeah.
4: Like Nick was saying though, like Resident Evil came. Resident Evil pretty much changed the horror survival horror genre. And so I noticed that when they brought the Alone in the Dark series back on the Dreamcast, it was very much trying to be like a Resident Evil clone more than it really was, you know, itself, like more more than it was an Alone in the Dark game. It felt more like it was trying then to be a Resident Evil game.
0: It's kind of funny cuz I think D2 also was trying to be another Resident Evil game as well, right?
4: It's fair to it's fair to make you know, a connection there for sure. They, they were definitely inspired. Yeah, I think D2 was
0: better executed, though, in my opinion.
4: D2 is an amazing game, really.
0: I gotcha. All right. uh Dave, did you want to move on with Lunacy? Sure.
4: Starting with Mansion of the Hidden Souls, or the Mansion of Hidden Souls, because um, it's the Saturn version, I guess. They changed the name by adding the word the <laughs> to differentiate it from the Sega CD version. Some people might consider this like a walking simulator, I guess. But, I mean, it's it's essentially an adventure FMV game. So, even though I personally feel like these are fairly decent games, back in the day, um, they didn't review very well because by the time they came out, the industry was pretty much done with the whole FMV thing and they were moving on. So they didn't review particularly well as as a result. But the Mansion of the Hidden Souls, uh, it's called Shinsetsu Yumemi Yakata Tobira no Oku ni Dareka Ga, which is roughly translated to Gently Dreaming Mansion, Someone Behind the Door. <laughs> and it came out in winter of 94 in Japan, summer 95 in, in the U.S., and it was developed by System Seicom, published by SEGA. And it's actually the sequel to the original mansion of hidden souls on the mega CD where I guess in the mega CD game, this brother and sister. They happen upon a strange butterfly and they have heard people say, don't go to this mansion, but they go to the mansion anyway. And, um, you know, suffice it to say, I guess his sister turns into, gets t- transformed into a butterfly or something like that. And he has to rescue her. And I don't want to spoil that game for anybody who's interested in, you know playing the game but in this game basically it's the boy the brother like again as an elder of this mansion like i guess he comes back to the mansion and he has um taken a role there as a spirit resident at the at the mansion and apparently um there are several souls who have abandoned humanity to occupy this mansion in the form of butterflies because i don't that makes sense And then uh, there's like a red moon that appears and it's draining the mansion's power or something like that. So you are this character. You're one of the souls in the mansion. Your name is Jun and you're called upon to basically uh, discover the mystery of, you know, why the moon is stealing the mansion's power. And what there's this unknown individual who's like going around trashing all the rooms and looking for some kind of important item or something like that. So you have to kind of figure this out. So. You know, there's not a whole lot you can do in this game other than walk around and talk to floating heads. Uh, and then, you know, there's, like, four items in the game that you can actually interact with um, or that you can, like, put in your inventory. So, you know, it's it's fairly basic, and I would say that this is kind of almost like a, a test bed for what they wanted to do and what they would later go on to do with Lunacy. Um I would say that despite its appearance, um, which is pretty dated, um, it's actually a huge visual upgrade from the Mega CD game, which runs at about like four frames per second or something like that. And um, you can actually compare them because they both use a lot of the same scenes and environments. Um, But I would say that it looks best on a CRT monitor or with like a scanline filter to help hide the video compression artifacts because there are quite a bit of those. And then... um, I guess a good thing to say about the first game is that it simulates the passage of time as characters move about the mansion in correspondence to your actions. And unlike Lunacy, the characters, they don't hint very much at what you should do or where you should go. Um, So you're mostly on your own to figure those kind of things out. Um, But you can unlock each character's backstory by choosing correct dialogue options to kind of earn their trust. And um, it is possible to miss out on certain dialogues based on certain choices you make so some if you enjoy the game at all you might consider a replay just to experience the different dialogue scenarios and there is a mechanic in the in the mansion of hidden souls there's a fortune teller who provides you with tarot cards that basically give you hints about um, each character and the rooms in the mansion but you actually have to like look in the manual that comes with the game to get a listing of like what each tarot card symbolizes so you can kind of refer to that and um you know draw conclusions i guess you could say or kind of figure out uh, using the tarot cards i guess it's almost like a hint system i guess you know but then system saycom uh developed a, a follow-up game which is very much a spiritual sequel called Lunacy well it was called Gekka Mugenton Toriko in, in Japan, which roughly translates to moonflower, mist, prisoner, fantasy, okay? And then when they localized it for the U.S., uh, they called it lunacy because, I guess, lunacy suggests, you know, losing someone's mind, and then it also kind of speaks to, like, the power of the moon. So, again, developed by System Saicom, translated and localized by Sega... But published by Atlas because at this time, Sega didn't want to, they wanted to distance themselves from like lesser titles, I guess, at least SOA. And this was what, Spring 97, so I guess that would have been Stolar. So anyway, they gave it to Atlas. Atlas published it in the US. Um, it's one of the reasons I originally picked up Lunacy because I just wanted like all the Atlas published games. But it actually turned out to be like one of my favorite games on the console. As I said, it's a spiritual successor, so it's not like, it's hard to argue that it's an actual sequel, but um, it's directed by Hiroyuki Naruhama, who would actually go on to make Deep Fear, so yet another Halloween horror kind of tie-in kind of thing. Basically, it's an adventure FMV with character dialogue and some complex puzzles. That's kind of what it boils down to, again, at the time that it came out. Some people lauded it as like a really good game. And then some people just dismissed it as a, it's an FMV. It's not worth your time because we've moved on from FMV. But I would say that aside from D and Enemy Zero, Lunacy actually stands as one of the exemplary games from this genre, which is basically a dead genre, you know? And um, the Saturn, you know, funnily enough, the Saturn has like three of these games um and and th- it just does it really well you know so you're fred the traveler you wake in a you wake with amnesia with a strange forehead tattoo in a jail set in a jail cell occupied by another inmate named anthony he's this creepy guy and he gives you insight into the town and aids your escape i guess he's just <laughs> he has the key you know the whole time and he gives you the key to get out and then this Lord Gordon guy who's, I guess, the ruler of the town or something like that, he and his goons, you know, beat the crap out of you and they, they're the ones that locked you in jail in the first place. But they tell you that your tattoo means that you've been to this city of the moons where uh, it's a place that grants visitors eternal life or something like that. So you don't care about any of this stuff. You're just trying to figure out who the hell you are and why you're here and how you can escape, basically. Um, so the mood of this game is very atmospheric. It's very surreal, bizarre, unsettling, intriguing. I would say it's like Twin Peaks, basically. Um, and if this is Twin Peaks, then Mansion of the Hidden Souls would be more like Northern Exposure or something because it's, you know, very much less so. This game is kind of, kind of a bit more creepy than Mansion of the Hidden Souls, but basically the voice acting is really good, I would say. Um... It does a great job of giving you that feeling of isolation. The lip syncing is pretty poor, but I mean, it mm. it has that same thing going on with like Shenmue, you know, where the voice acting is pretty good, but it looks really weird <laughs> with the the animation. Fred is a fair fairly void of character, similar to Ryo in Shenmue, so that's fitting, I guess, because he has amnesia.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting though. I'm really, i actually really interested in trying this out. I know. I liked D quite a bit, so maybe this might be might be on my alley. Then I think
4: I think you would like it. I, I mean, I think if you have the patience for it, and you can set aside a couple hours, because this game you can get through the first disc in like an hour and a half, two hours, and then the second disc I think is probably like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. So it's it's not a long game, but you know, it, there's just so much going for it. Honestly, I think. Um, like I said the industry was disillusioned about FMV games so that factored in heavily to the negative reviews but the music is amazing uh Hideo Suzuki and Naoki Jimbo did the music I did a music cast a while back talking about the music and I think it's a- absolutely excellent like every track in this game are great you know the town characters give hints and clues what to do there's like a memory select system that allows you to go back and review conversations you've had so even if even if you sit down and you play the game a little bit and then you save and then you don't come back to it for like a week or something, some of those games that you play, you forget what was happening. But with this, you can actually go back and review the conversations you've had so you can get yourself right back to track You know, with what you need to do. Um, I'd say that the town can be difficult to navigate at first, but it did come with a physical map. So just like the first game relied... On the manual to give you the tarot card definitions this game i would say is best played with the map so that you can just you know not waste so much time trying to figure out where things are in the town um, so you can download that on game facts or something like that and then um, there's two discs so you know once you get through the first disc and i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but it really becomes Halloweeny towards the next di- towards the second disc, where everything gets turned upside down, and there's like man-eating carpets, and <laughs> I don't know. There's there's like crazy puzzles and rooms that kill people. So,
0: yeah, well, that you definitely got me intrigued.
4: Yeah, I I, I think I think that um, you know, it's one of those things where I I often feel like I have to defend this game because it's an acquired taste, and some people are just not interested. Some people, it's just not their cup of tea. They want, you know, shmups, or they want, like, Twitch gameplay. But um, if you like film, if you like, you know, David Lynch, if you like creepy, weird stuff with um, strange vibes, this game is great. Um, it, it actually does have a story to it. By playing these two games again, I really found that... Um, there's a lot that ties the two games together. There's like they both have this urgent theme of escape. They both deal with like the the theme of like resistance and then also acceptance, kind of like giving in and just kind of going with going with the flow, I guess, or just accepting fate. They both have large mansions. They both deal with souls incarnated as butterflies. They both have a huge importance on the number 4. And it comes up over and over and over again.
0: The fam- the famous Japanese number "shi" for death. Uh, yes,
4: yeah. It's, uh, and then I mean, it, it plays it it plays throughout this whole both games like so heavily. There's so many things that are in the number four, and I actually started noticing it more on my second playthrough. Um. So thanks, Pat, for mentioning that. Yeah, because I yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, but. Um, yeah,
0: that's unlucky number in Japan. They actually don't have fourth floors in Japan for that same reason. Right. But we also yes. don't have thirteenth floors. So, imagine yeah. if a, bu- a building in America exists where there's no fourth and thirteenth floor. That'd be kind of funny. It'd be confusing.
4: <laughs> and it uh, would. okay, so a few more things that the souls incarnated as butterflies. It's it's a big deal because it was in the the Sega CD game, then it was in Mansion, and then it was in Lunacy, and it's kind of this thing that ties them all together. I guess System SACOM had, had a thing for butterflies or something. But they also deal with like the power of the moon and with the full moon coming at like the fourth month or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, transportation through paintings and mirrors. There's a collector in both games. There's a There's a character called the Collector, and he has an entire room filled with deceased butterflies. So if the souls are incarnated as butterflies, but this guy's got like a room filled with deceased butterflies. I don't really know what that says, but it's kind of creepy. And then, um, the quest for eternal life, both deal with that in some way or another. And, um, that collector is, uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody and say who it is, but the collector in lunacy, he is the only one. He's the only character in the game who does not have the forehead tattoo like at the end of the game when um when fred finally figures out how to flood the town flood misty town with mist um and the town gets flooded with this red mist everyone gets sent to the the uh, city of moons which is the second disc and when that happens everyone has the forehead tattoo which is i guess uh proof that you've been to the city of moons you you get this mark on your forehead but the Collector is the only one who doesn't have that mark.
0: You know, it's kind of weird. Out of context, that sounds extremely crazy and like a fever dream.
4: Definitely. The ending of Mansion of Hidden Souls is very much a fever dream in and of itself. But then Lunacy, the entire game, is kind of a fever dream. And uh, I would definitely say that's an apt way to describe it. But yeah, so I would probably have to play the game a couple more times to try to like figure out what exactly is going on because there's so much suggested. Um, and again, it could just be like crazy Japanese guys trying to make an off-the-wall story or whatever. But I just feel like there's so many different layers of inception, so to speak, with these games um, that taken at face value, they seem very, like, plain. It, it, and that that's the thing is I think most people take these games at face value. They're just like, oh, okay, that's a walking simulator or okay... It's a adventure FMV game, you know, next. But um, there's a lot going on with these games for sure. So I don't know if I would say that it's good or bad. It really kind of depends on, on who's playing it, you know, whether you like this kind of thing or not. But I definitely think that it's worth a playthrough for
3: sure. The soundtrack to Lunacy is phenomenal.
4: It really is. And, you know, the cool thing is, that the two guys that worked on this soundtrack they didn't have any other soundtrack credits to their name they had done coding like programming for games they had done foley effects and like sound effects but neither of them had ever done any kind of game composition at least according to like their moby credits so this is like the only thing one of them jimbo i think has a 2017 game composer you know on it on his credits so finally he ended up doing like another game way down the road but um like at the time they didn't have anything so and to to do such an amazing soundtrack you know to me i think that that's just that's amazing
0: uh would you prefer mansion of the hidden souls on sega cd or saturn okay like if, so if one feels check out
4: okay I have not played Mansion of the Hidden Souls on Sega CD, but um, who was it? Uh, let's see. I think our friend Genovi did an amazing video on it, okay? So check out Genovi's video. I'll be honest with you. Just watching videos on YouTube of this game make me nauseated because it runs at like four frames a second. So it is it is terrible. Like It runs at such a slow frame rate that I just don't know if I could get past that. But the truth is they're two different games. They really are two different games. Um, And I very much stand behind saying that I think The Mansion of Hidden Souls on Saturn is really a sequel to Mansion of Hidden Souls on the Sega CD. So if you like the games and you want to know the full story, I would say go ahead and play the Sega CD game first. But um, it's it's hard to say. So they, they both take place... In the same mansion, right? So when people see screenshots of the games, they just think that the Saturn game is a remake, when really the Saturn game is Jonathan having gone back to the mansion as an old man, and he has taken on the spirit of a butterfly, and he's the guy that you talk to at the beginning, he's like the floating head that tells you like everything's wrong with the mansion and you need to go figure it out with Mike. Um so wow. yeah, it's it's definitely a second game.
0: I'm interested in playing these now. This sounds super interesting.
4: Just I would say for you, Pat, probably just do Lunacy, honestly, because then you'll have a really good first impression. I would say that it's one of those things where if you like lunacy, you might persevere with Mansion, but probably not the other way around, because Mansion the Mansion of Hidden Souls on Saturn is a much simpler game. Um there's not as much to it and that's why i said it was kind of a test bed for these guys because i think that they they did the best they could on the sega cd and then the hardware changed right so they had to like come to grips with the saturn hardware and developing on that hardware um and i think that there were a lot of things that they improved so they were like oh yeah you know we can do graphics better we can do you know fmv better but like they still hadn't really gotten their chops down as far as a game developer on the Saturn, and then when Lunacy came, that was really that was really it for them um, realizing their vision and and the engine and everything for how it works. Lunacy is a just much more polished game, and it's a much more like flushed out, complete game. Yeah,
0: that's my recommendation for sure. Though I think uh, it looks kind of kind of interesting, and it, and I'm actually shocked that all. Th- all of those versions came out in the U S on Saturn and the Sega CD. Yeah. such a weird game.
4: It really is. And I don't know. I like, seriously, they, there are so many great games that didn't come out in the U S and then this comes out. I really couldn't tell you why they decided to, to green light this, but, um, I'm glad they did. Unfortunately, the U S version is very expensive it seems to me um having gone oh. on ebay recently it's like trying to get a complete copy is is it's pretty up there but i definitely recommend folks just burn it and enjoy it
0: I have a lunacy or a mansion of hidden souls oh lunacy, um, yeah, that's mansion
4: a- of hidden souls is pretty cheap but lunacy is it's it's lunacy to buy a copy
0: <laughs> let's just say that uh is, do you think it's worth the price tag
4: it was worth it to me, but I got it a lot cheap. I got it years ago for a lot cheaper. Now I don't even know how much it goes for. I know it's over a hundred bucks. And it's like three oh eight. Um, oh wow. Okay, yeah. I was thinking it was like two fifty. No, if it's over three. So I mean, it's two discs, a map, a manual, um, and then you get like the. It's got the old style plastic insert that give you know you put the second disc on. I don't think. I mean. I think it's a worthwhile experience and I think most folks will just do well enough to burn a copy and play the game so that they can say they played it. Um, It's one of those games where you sit down and you, it definitely grips you all the way through to the end. And because Mm. it's like a four hour sitting, um, anybody can do it if, if they're interested and it's, it's weird enough and creepy enough that I think that it, it keeps you going until the end. There, the the City of Moons, though, it can be kind of confusing. Um, there's like two towers, and then there's a central hub that kind of connects the towers. And so if you can download a copy of the map, I highly recommend it because it's so easy to get lost. But once you get over the whole navigation thing, then it's kind of a piece of cake. I was curious to know if Peter had played it.
3: I have given it a try, and... I think it is sort of the state of the art of full motion video on the Saturn. You know what I mean? Like that's as good as it got. I
0: think it's better than D.
3: Um, I think m- mechanically is better than D. And what I mean by mechanically is like they got a better flow. There's, you know, the inventory screens are nicer. Like the video is clean. You know, it, it mechanically, I think it's the best full motion video game you can get. But um, to your point, Dave, I think it's very artistic, and you have to really be into this type of game to enjoy it. And I liked it. I really enjoyed it. But I I also know not everybody will.
4: It doesn't have any load times, though. I will say that. It's like they figured out how to kind of mask the load times Mm -hmm. into the movement. Like as you're moving to the next scene fluidly, it's loading the the following options of where you could go. So it like has – I would say it has virtually – or seemingly no load time, so that's
5: cool. I wanted to say that you made it sound incredibly interesting. Um, was it at all mentioned that the European like name of it is Toriko
4: Uh, no, I didn't mention that, but I should. So, yeah, the original title was the uh, Gekka Mugentan Torico, and Toriko just means prisoner or captive. And so the European version, the title is basically just prisoner, which I think is kind of generic. But yeah, so they just went with Toriko because maybe they thought that was a cool sounding word. But taken by itself, it just means prisoner. So it doesn't it's it doesn't suggest as much as like lunacy. Lunacy is actually a really good localization of a title because it has a double entendre, you know, with the moon and then like going insane or, you know, he starts out the game by saying, where is my mind?
0: It makes you wonder. Do you think they'd ever release a like a a subbed version? That'd be kind of a cool fan project to do. Of what? What do you mean? Of lunacy? Is it is it English dubbed or is it actually? In no, Japanese? yeah,
4: it's English. It's it's kind of oh. like it's kind of like Shenmue. You know, like they they did they got English voice actors, and actually the the voice actors are really good. I have to give them a lot of credit. Like they they deliver their lines believably, and if you're closing your eyes, it's totally. I could totally buy it. It's just that the animations, you know, the stiff animations kind of make it a little bit, you know, it's kind of like Shenmue. What can I say? You know, where the people where you're talking and, and, you know, the little old ladies, their lips are moving, but it seems like they're saying other stuff, you know. So it's just a little dated in that in that means. But at least the voice acting is good. It's not like Resident Evil, you know, where the voice acting
0: is really bad. I picked a diff for the voice acting of Resident Evil is great.
4: Well, it's so bad that it's really good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we reached the end of our cast. Um, did we have any plugs or anything we wanted to talk about before we headed out, guys?
3: I just want to wish everybody a really happy Halloween. It's the third Halloween cast that we've done. The first two we've done games that, you know, you are very worthy of Halloween. They're the, the best games. And so it's kind of neat to do a cast where for 2020, this year of years, um, you know, that we covered some pretty dodgy games. And I think that was that was super cool. So happy Halloween, everybody.
0: Yes, happy Halloween indeed, guys. All right, so if that's it, so we're going to play some Swagman for you heading out. And from all of us at Sega Saturn Shiro, thanks for listening, and remember, you must play Sega Saturn. Oh Welcome to Sega Saturn Shiro, the only podcast that will leave you with a horrible Halloween. Also, I forgot to turn off my fan. God damn it!
3: <laughs> I can't hear Best it. Best intro ever. Uh, so I gave this game a very quick try, and am I on? Like, is my audio on, or am I? Yeah, we can I hear you. You're it? on.
0: You're on. We're just being rude. Oh, okay. At least I am.
1: Sorry. So I gave. I was. I gave. And then he dropped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's just gone. <laughs> Peter just discuss- Oh my gosh, Peter! The timing on that was amazing. Oh, that did was you great. Do that on purpose okay. Or did you actually drop? Take that as a oh. dropped.
2: Yeah. Let's oh, he's like. coming.
0: Poor Peter. He gets. Re- he is interrupted by us and Discord. Technology just does not like Peter tonight.